Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner, and I'm on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting the community. Today in the Speakeasy, we have Antonio Hernandez, or is it Fernandez? Hernandez. Hernandez, with Voting Rights Associates for the Conservation Voter of Idaho. Welcome to the Speakeasy. Thank you. So, Conservation Voter for Idaho. So, what is that? All right. Well, Conservation Voters for Idaho is a uh, statewide nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what we try to do is safeguard what makes Idaho really special. And for me personally, I mean, that's going being able to go to the hot springs and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. That's being able to enjoy our clean mountain air, our clean water. Yeah. Basically, the quality of life that we get to enjoy here in Idaho. Um, that's the main mission of CBI is to preserve and safeguard that okay and so and obviously this organization must have started because they were worried that that was going away or that would that was in jeopardy in some kind or what Mm. what what was kind of what's leading the this mission you know what is it uh maybe we're going to grow too much and we're going to mess those things up and and making you know so what, what are your thoughts on that or well Personally, I just actually started with this organization about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I wanted to work at an organization like this is uh, traditionally, I did not see myself as a conservationist. Um, It's not like a household word. You know, growing up, (laughs) like, are you a conservationist? Like, no one ever asked me that. Where are you from? I'm actually from Nampa. Okay. So you're local. Yeah. I grew up in in Nampa, Idaho, and I went to school there. I got my first job there. And everything that... I believe to be, uh, you know, what I believe to be an American was forged here in Idaho. And so one of the reasons, uh, just like noticing, uh, especially what's happening in the state, is that we have a lot of really great things when it comes to public lands, when it comes to just public natural spaces that anyone can enjoy. And uh, it, it ties into voting because... In our democracy, we are stronger if there's more representation. So our elected officials are better informed about what's important to us if we are actively telling them and actively, you know, voting. Right. And so uh, in order to preserve a lot of those values that I would say like our Idahoan values is that we have to be actively making sure that this stuff is um, not in jeopardy and... I mean, that's just at the state level. Right. Well, that's interesting. And so you said that um, you uh, never really saw yourself, at least initially, as a conservationist or right. in that would use that terminology. Mm-hmm. So what are you saying now? Do you feel like what's changed or has that changed at all? Well, growing up, uh, and I think this is actually the experience for a lot of people, uh, specifically in the Hispanic community in Idaho, um, my mom would always, uh, never want to throw away like those single use plastic containers. Okay. So example, you go to the store, uh, you buy something mm-hmm. and it's just this perfectly good container. Why would you throw it away Absolutely. Uh, after one use? Right. 
So she did this for 28 <laughs> years, as far as I know. And wow. uh, that's longer than recycling has been available in Nampa. Okay. And we saw it as being thrifty. We saw it as we were just being smart, you know. Mm -hmm. But in reality, that also was uh, to make sure that we were leaving that space, you know, our hometown better than how, uh, better for, for future generations. Sure. You know, when we talk about sustainability, when mm -hmm. we talk about, you know, um, wanting to have things available for future generations, um, a lot of this cultural environmental work happens naturally, mm. I think. Um, and that's just one way. Another way that my grandfather, he used to do this a lot more often, but he, uh, he had a truck and he would just drive around. And if something, somebody was throwing something away, you know, that could be fixed, he'd put it in the back of the truck, whether it be a bicycle, a bed frame, um, you know, just like different, different things. Like honestly, people throw away all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that was another way of just like, recycling reusing things mm -hmm. uh but that i would not traditionally have seen as like oh yeah that's conservation it's right just... absolutely i think that's a good point a lot of times we are doing things in that uh, because we want we want our environment our communities to, to thrive and be healthy and and not you know move in a different direction mm -hmm. or lose what they what we love about them Right. Right. And so I think that is interesting to um, and that and that is a form of conservation of trying to maintain the best parts, you know. Um, huh. Yeah. So I, that is um, I guess you could say that conservation has a lot of different forms. Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, and when we talk about who's going to get affected yeah. the most when it comes to air pollution, water pollution, it is. Uh, communities of color. It's the Hispanic community, it's uh, the black community and nationwide. And so these things affect these communities uh, in a very significant way. And so um, it's important to understand that if in order to really protect all of our communities, we need to make sure that they have a voice at the table and we need to make sure that they are um, being represented when it comes to our elected officials. Okay. And so you're, and um, and so you you have a certain mission because you're, and even the, the company title is is your organization's title is conservation voter for Idaho. So you definitely are focusing on the voters. So mm -hmm. what capacity? Like what what are some of the things you're doing? Well, my role as voting rights associate is to create support for our uh, Hispanic voting population, and I mean that's been taken. There are a lot of things that we've been doing. Uh, some of the things I'd like to highlight is uh, we really wanted to find out uh, what it takes to create a bridge for people who have traditionally not been voting mm. uh, to then enter that space of voting. What are you finding out? Like, what, what are some of those reasons? Well, I mean, like growing up here in Idaho, I think, you know, just like talking with friends in school and beyond, you hear a lot of apathy when it comes to voting. Uh, people say like, oh, you know, if they, if voting mattered, they'd make it illegal. And just like, you know, <laughs> like voting actually doesn't matter. And I think one of the reasons why uh, that's really common is because if, when you're a young person and you have this system that's already making decisions and, and, and. Uh, you feel like you're not gonna have an impact at like, all. Yeah, like yeah. if you enter that space, uh, like no one, first of all, no one's inviting you. 
Mm-hmm. No one's saying like, hey, like every young person needs to vote mm-hmm. um, in a way that is a personal approach. Hmm. Uh, you might hear that if you turn on the TV, but um, every election cycle uh, in Idaho, there are thousands of calls that are being made. There are thousands of doors that are being knocked. And what happens is that they target mostly people who vote frequently. Mm-hmm. So that means if you don't come from a family that is voting frequently, um, nobody is going to try to contact you to convince you to vote. And I think that uh, one of the things that we really wanted to do with this program is to create, find out how to create that bridge. And what we've been finding out is that, for one, a lot of people aren't having this conversation. Like when I talk to people about voting, it's the first time. It's the very first time mm-hmm. that they've ever had it. And so there's a lot of curiosity. There's a lot of apprehension. Like, oh, is that really for me? Um, you know, is that space? Why are you talking to me about this? Like, right, really right. welcoming, right? Yeah. And and so this isn't, um, you know, it's not like every time we talk to somebody, we're able to get them to the polling booth or to the voting booth. Um, it's this is like a slow relationship building uh, program where we're letting people know that this is for them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, what we want to tell people is that you matter more than you think you do and your voice matters more than you think you do i mean just just recently i don't know if you if you heard in kenyon county we found out that uh people who were poll workers uh, were being told that they couldn't speak spanish at the polls these are bilingual wow bilingual poll i did not hear that and the only reason we found out is because somebody spoke up Mm -hmm. somebody you know um said something and this was about a week before the election, this past midterm election, Mm -hmm. uh, 2018. And they changed it just a couple days before the election. So, you know, this happened. Uh, Reporter Nicole Foy from the Idaho Press Mm -hmm. basically um, started asking questions and they changed that policy. And like fast forward it to just last this Monday, um, the Idaho Canyon County Commissioner's Office voted to reverse this there was an english only policy when it came to communications from the county Hmm. and so these you know this this all starts with somebody speaking up and Hmm. um just Mm -hmm. really want to let people know that your voice really does matter and uh, i mean like representation matters like having somebody that can report on these things is also huge and it seems like also that uh, a big part of your guys's mission um, at Conservation Voters for Idaho is to, um, it's about, well, some of the things that we historically think of as conservation, like the lands and the waters and the open space. So what are some of the things that your organization is, is doing in, 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 in relation to that? Well, we have a lot of really talented people at our organization uh, working in different aspects, like like each one of those topics is okay. basically like a, a program, basically. Sure. And uh, there are certainly people who can talk to more about that, um, specifically because when, when I go to work, I'm focusing on voting rights. I'm mm-hmm. focusing on how we can expand voting, mm-hmm. how we can make sure that people have the ability to uh, voice their, their, have a voice at the polls. Um, yeah. And, and is it, is this from your initial part of your stories, it sounds like, did you know how uh, challenging that was going to be when you signed on, like, or the extent mm-hmm. of what the the challenge was? In a way, I saw the, the necessity before I really understood how challenging it was going to be. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like growing up here in Idaho, uh, my door was never knocked when it came to election day and my phone certainly wasn't ringing. Um, and so I understood that my family wasn't being contacted to vote and I understood that people on my street and my community weren't being contacted to vote. And I think I, in, in some ways I thought like, oh, you know, they'll figure it out on their own. But I mean, I have this immense privilege as a second generation American to have gone through the public school system to get a college degree. Uh, and now that I have this knowledge around how our government works and um, how important it is to vote, uh, I feel that it's important to use those skills to, to teach people who haven't had that opportunity to even, I mean, have the conversation. Yeah. Like, mm. like literally people are just not being contacted about it and it's uninviting. It makes people feel like they're not welcomed in those spaces because uh, they feel that they're going to be, I mean, like in Canyon County, they're, they're not going to be able to speak Spanish there or they're, they put a, it puts a burden on people to then say like, oh, I have to find a family member that's free on election day. One of the things actually that really surprised me, um, here in Idaho, we have same day voter registration, but we also have absentee ballot requests that you don't need an excuse. So that means you can vote by mail in Idaho. Yeah. Um, and so like election day is usually a Tuesday or a work day. So you can vote in the comfort and security of your home, right. fill out the entire ballot exactly the way it would be if you right. were there in person. I've done it then, many times. And mail it, yeah. Right, and, for and, the exact reason. And a lot of people don't know that you can do that. People think that you have to show up on this day and it becomes, right. and it's becomes hard because burden. sometimes there's a line depending when you go. Right. And some people are like, you know, have only have so much time, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah. I, a lot of people don't know that. You're right. Um and that's interesting uh, to, and uh, just looking at that holistically, it's like, I bet there's, yes, that is a, quite a challenge to get the word out about mm -hmm. that because it, you, some people might think, oh, I, I have to apply to do absentee and really simple. You just have to request, right? Exactly. You, can, you don't have to put an excuse. I mean, you yeah. could just be busy. I mean, people yeah. have jobs, they have exactly. kids, they have yeah. their education. So yeah, it's, it's a And I like to it vote. too, because I can take my time. I don't feel pressured. Oh, absolutely. Right. Sometimes I need to do more homework, you know, mm -hmm. um, it allows me to do that. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's for me, it's, um, it, you know, it's a, a smart way for me to do it. But um, yeah, you're right. I think uh, uh, I, just having this conversation, I haven't realized how, you know, I might be in this severe minority that actually know about that option, you know, and take advantage of it. Um, that since Idaho allows us to do that, that's cool. No, absolutely, and and I'm happy to to be able to do that too. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm out here like trying to register people to vote at the same time. I I'm working, you know, usually on election day, like yeah. making sure people understand where their polling location is and sure. and everything. So I I also take advantage of <laughs> being able to vote by mail. So uh, this coming year, so uh, as you come. As you move forward in this position, you know what are you? What are some of the challenges you're trying to get over now, or what are you, what are you hoping to you know work on it as you move forward um, with this with this goal of of you know helping you know this whole voter mission and getting the word out. Well, when we look at Idaho, the way it's growing, a lot of the growing population is coming from the Hispanic community. I think it's about 25 percent of the growth that we've seen here in Idaho. Okay has come from the Hispanic community. Um, and so we really want to make sure that 
that community has uh, power. Well, it's a significant yeah. number. Twenty five percent is like that's you know that's mm -hmm. substantial. Yeah, and it, when it comes to like the future of Idaho, yeah. Um, do you want to say we, we want right? to make sure that the right. community voice. has have that voice yeah i keep saying that right <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's really true because um we all share a lot of the same values like the reason why we love living here and working here and going to school here and having jobs and businesses here is because we love what idaho has to offer and that to me isn't different in communities i think like those values are shared throughout mm -hmm. the community like i personally love being able to go to the hot springs I love being able to see the stars at night. Mm -hmm. And something that I didn't mention earlier, um, I actually left Idaho for about seven years after um, my first year of, of my college education. I was at Boise State, and then I transferred out to uh, Columbia College, Chicago. And there you don't see stars at night. Mm -hmm. You know, the city light pollution is so intense that um, you just can't see anything. And in Idaho, you can always see the stars, at least everywhere yeah. I've been. And yeah. then in some places, you can see even more than just the stars. Yes. And that's something really special. And right. I uh, coming back made me really appreciate that, mm. made me really appreciate the kinds of things that we have here. And I think that it would be great to make sure that we set ourselves up in a way that this can be preserved for, for future generations. Yeah. Wow. And um, with that... Uh, but that percentage of um, the Hispanic population seems to be only growing, mm -hmm. um, and um, and an effort to try to get them more involved and uh, feel more comfortable in the voting process. Uh, what's what's been your path to try to do that? Because you mentioned like mm -hmm. um, many you know many families around the the valley here uh, maybe have never been approached before about voting. Like other like sometimes I vote a lot, so mm -hmm. yeah. You, my phone doesn't stop ringing. It's like constant, <laughs> right. right? I get approached a lot. Mm -hmm. And and so you're talking about um, many households don't ever get approached. And now you're trying to change that mm -hmm. because um, because they've never really feel like they've been asked to or think it's even, you know, uh, me, would it, uh, have an impact. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a really great question, and I think I would be a little disingenuous not to also talk about how the conservation movement mm -hmm. has not been a place really for, I mean, in general, people of color to enter mm -hmm. and feel like they belong. Hmm. I think it's very similar when we also look at our, our voting process. People uh, don't feel like they belong, that they have a voice at the table because there's been very little effort to create those bridges, mm -hmm. to bring in folks who... Um, share our values, but perhaps they prefer to speak another language. I mean, a lot of people who become citizens in the U.S. come from countries where English is not the first language. Sure. And so even though they learn English, um, they may have like a clarifying question in their native language. And having policies like you can't speak English in Canyon County, or you can't speak Spanish, sorry, in Canyon County, is something that really pushes people away because I mean that you're talking about people's family members you're talking about sure right I mean especially you know you're doing something like voting you don't want to mess it up and you know having asking clarifying questions absolutely it seems like you really don't want to mm -hmm. withhold that you know an option with especially such a high population mm -hmm. of Hispanic people there uh, so but it sounds like they they address that specific issue so that's now it's okay. Well, 
That yeah. So okay. this uh, this issue actually, or this policy, came about in 2006. Okay. And then their their legal counsel let them know in 2013 that you know this isn't constitutional. Okay. You can't have something like this on the books. And then it wasn't until this last Monday that it was officially uh, taken off the books. So wow. that's that's 12 years. Yeah. Um, and you know that's 12 years of, of mm-hmm. that leadership missing um, for making sure that people aren't. I mean, one being discriminated against, but two. Uh, making sure that we're actually bringing people in, yeah. making sure that people feel like they can be part of this process and can have a voice instead of just, uh, you know, when, when, when an elected official is just like, yeah, you know, come vote for me, so-and-so, and you'll never hear from me again. Mm. We need to make sure that we're creating um, the kind of support. Like, just, just to touch on this really quick, in, in Lincoln County, uh, Lincoln County is the only county in Idaho that has to give bilingual documents to uh, voters, mm-hmm. election information to voters, uh, because of a federal regulation or federal law that uh, came about in 1965, the Voting Rights Act. So in 1975, that was amended to include uh, minority language support. So if there's there's a, if there's enough of a certain of a certain language being spoken in a community, then uh, according to uh, federal law the county or the precinct or the city has to give information in that language because it's just you know their first language and we do want people to participate in our democracy because it's supposed to be uh, a government for the people by the people and if they are eligible voters uh, then they should be uh, invited to partake yeah wow yeah it's uh it's interesting to hear that story to see how long it took to actually make that change. Sometimes it's, uh, well, you know, I, I think, uh, in, you know, maybe some, some things in Idaho we're really behind on, right? Mm-hmm. And other things, you know, we really excel at. And we have our, our great open space, and we haven't mucked that part up totally yet, right? Mm-hmm. As you said, we still see the stars here. Um, but, yeah, so it sounds like... Uh, but, you know, it's great that organizations like yours or if you see challenges like that, you're trying to give a voice to them mm-hmm. and and see and try to overcome them. Yeah. I mean, like I have family, I have siblings who are living here in Idaho and I have a sister who is younger than I am. Um, she recently turned 18 a year ago. And uh, what I would really like to see is that for her to, you know, like go out and feel like she can register to vote and feel like she uh, can contact her representative if, yeah. if something happens and awesome. and feel like she can have a voice at the table, um, you know, like that full circle of, of being an American in this country. Love it. So uh, for people who want to learn more information about Conservation Voter of Idaho, they should go to CVI or CVIdaho.org. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. CVIdaho.org mm-hmm. to find out more information about Conservation Voter for Idaho. Well, Antonio, uh, thank you for coming in and and uh, light me on your what you're doing and the the work you're doing uh, as far as voter advocacy here in Treasure Valley. It sounds like you're it's not just the Treasure Valley you're tasked with. It sounds like you know it's the whole state, right? Yeah, we're looking at the the entire state. Yeah. I mean, like we we really we're really lucky to have what we have here in the state. And uh, I mean, thank you so much for for having me. Usually. Uh, people who work in, in this kind of thing don't have a chance to have a platform and talk about this stuff. So I really appreciate the opportunity to do so. Well, I, you know, I, I think, uh, thank you. And I think uh, having these types of conservation, uh, con- concert, um, 
you know, these discussions about, you know, different aspects. It's a lot of times we don't see what's happening. We're all busy in our, right. in our, in our, you know, doing what we're doing. And I like to share stories of, you know, someone out there, you know, seeing a challenge, a problem or trying to overcome it. So, uh, good luck in your endeavors. Thank you. And, uh, thank you for stopping into the speakeasy. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay. Again, I'm Mike Turner. And you're listening to Idaho Speakeasy. Stay tuned for more. Talk soon.